any other oh okay <laughs> um, yeah so yeah, there was something going on canada-wide or just in bc it was advertised as canada-wide but I, you know because of my i was um busy with my situation and i didn't see uh, any reporting i don't know did you guys see any reporting from other cities in canada or anything like that i think it, it's sort of this the steam kind of um came out of the event because of the um the war in, in, mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. israel palestine i think after that they didn't have not as many people were the organizers out. themselves there was a message that went out that said well some locations have been canceled and then that was the reason that was given and it was just so unclear it, there yeah. was there was some unclear and confusing messaging going on mm -hmm. um but since I had heard the announcement and and was enthusiastic about it I found I did find an event that was publicized and, and went to it in Nanaimo mm. well I just for people who are just joining us now on the live stream um welcome to Monday's solid ground live stream October 23rd and we have a guest joining us today T is uh American Canadian living in BC and um had this really uh it's just this this awful interaction yesterday was it yesterday or day before yesterday that this happened it she's happened got, on saturday on saturday she's got this horrible uh how's my lighting <laughs> yeah it's terrible it looks, yeah your lighting is great but it's, yeah, yeah it was it's... was actually hit by a man by a male trans activist at a rally sent, in bc i sent you the links did you see yeah um, I'll pull up the pictures in just a second for people to okay. look at because this is just so brutal. And this is the uh, this is like the uh, I did I had seen a picture of this guy. He's carrying like a stop the hate kind of sign or something. It's <laughs> a, the it's it's a clown show. It is it's incredible. <laughs> and and so you see this coming to a head this way, and um and it's just so concerning. I you know and so I I thought it'd be great to have you discuss this since you're a member of solid ground and we were kind of having these discussions going on behind the scenes why don't we just have a discussion about it on the live and but uh before we get into that david do you want to introduce solid ground for everybody sure thing in your best accent whatever accent that might be <laughs> um so i'll go for my own solid ground <laughs> is the peer support community for anyone concerned about the imposition of critical social justice CSJ, aka woke, and or COVID mandates in their workplace, university, children's school, or community. We offer weekly online peer support groups in which members share ideas, thoughts, and support for how to navigate the impact of these ideologies. And to answer the question, where do we go from here? You can join one of our groups for only $5 per month. And to find out how to join our community, please visit solidgroundsupport.com. And please note, Solid Ground does not provide psychotherapy or legal advice, and nothing we do should be construed as such. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess the thing that's so shocking, I mean, it's shocking that you were hit by a man, first of all, in broad daylight, just out on the street. Um, and it's it just, it's sort of illustrative of this the venom that's in this movement. And so I hope we could spend a little bit of time talking about that. How is it getting to this point and where do we go from here? But perhaps first, do you wanna just introduce for us, what was the rally and what were the circumstances that led up to you being assaulted? The message of this rally and this series of this, this movement um, is it's a parents movement and it, the rally was, uh, the message was get Soji out of schools. Soji is, the name for the um, sex education, <laughs> I guess they would call it. I mean, you know, they. I think this is coming from the UN. I was hearing, so I don't. I, I you, you know, there are these um, bizarre curriculums that are being spread around, and they have pornographic material in them. I mean, so, I used yeah, to work so in a sex is shop. sexual orientation <laughs> and gender identity. I'm so not it's... an uptight person, right? But like a little kid, mm -hmm. you need to leave them alone. Mm -hmm. You know, pe people have their, their own private world. Not all the boundaries mm -hmm. get to be broken down. A child is 
has an independent sexuality. They accuse us of thinking that that children have no sexuality. And, and children don't know that that we think that children have no sexuality or children don't know who they are. No, no, none of that is our business. Like the kid is is on it on their own journey, his or her own journey in life. And if I think about a teacher coming up to me, like, you know, Gail Lauinger, my third grade teacher coming up and talking about sex. No, I don't want that. That would feel so weird to me as a little kid. And little kids are are experiencing that daily in school. It's no, it's evil. It's evil to interfere with innocence. It, it, narcissistic so, you, know, you yeah. are okay. yeah i mean you're I, that's i i, I think a, i think a lot of parents and and us here i think a lot of people are sharing this this uh, indignation and frustration at what's being taught to kids in these elementary and middle school classrooms i mean high school too but gosh the little ones especially and you were talking about SOGI, so that's sexual orientation, gender identity. And this is actually an acronym that's being used for teaching, like they're teaching this as part of their Canadian school program. Now they have SOGI as part that's of the, the curriculum. Name of it. That's the name of it. Um, but I, I listened to a good show this morning. Um, hang on, let me get the name of it because they had a lot of great information about this. If anyone wants to learn more. Sure. Um, um, it's called the show is called Stop Soji One Two Three. Parents are protesting daily, and it's a tiny little channel called RH Media, and it looks like she's focusing on this okay. topic. Stop Soji One Two Three. So if people want to look that up, yeah, parents are, you, are protesting daily. Is, are you is, a parent yourself? And how I did am, you become my, aware of this? Well, my my kids are um at, are out of the house already. Um. So, but I moved here with my son. He was still a high schooler when we moved. It was during the pandemic. And I have questions now. Like, I don't know what he was exposed to during those couple of years in, in the high school here. Um, but I know I, I, I was clueless. I was on my own. I mean, <laughs> I was uh, I was clueless about a lot of stuff. Um, like back in 2019 was when I got out of the last uh, narcissistic relationship, and I was on just a um, very motivated journey of learning <laughs> about power dynamics and you know abuse and all this stuff. And I wasn't. I was trying to pull back from being um, so hooked into politics because I've actually. I've actually been an activist all my life. Like I've done a lot of activism and that's part of what's interesting to me about this situation. And maybe we could even talk about that. Like, how do we approach this completely different context that we're doing activism in where normal's not normal anymore. But um, anyway, um, I, I, I mean, I got sort of a me, I, I got a media addiction, basically, like, while I was in that last relationship, I was so isolated and, and broken down. And I started listening to podcasts, like all day, every day. And first, it was cult podcasts. And then, um, you know, a lot of and then about narcissism, once I realized and I got out of the relationship, I was just listening to narcissism material all day. And then different so my it was like this addiction that would move from thing to thing you know and then a specific narcissist or this or that scams and cons and all this kind of stuff and then um I saw an Andrew Gold YouTube video like in July <laughs> a couple months ago it was a interview with Buck Angel mm -hmm. and that piqued me I started going down that rabbit hole and I just could not believe that and that that this has been going on for so long and I had no idea I mean I've only been aware of it for a couple of months so just so, this past july is when you sort of started realizing the extent yeah, to which just like a few it. weeks ago basically you know <laughs> so so i i guess i'm still i'm still figuring out how to assimilate this new perspective you know but but all that learning about narcissists and and abusive relationships you know i listen of course to josh slocum's podcast um disaffected which is all about that looking at society from the perspective of cluster b personality disorders the the increase the 
our society our society creates perfect conditions <laughs> so had you just discovered the disaffected podcast recently as well or was that something yeah. that was on your radar already no i just discovered that a couple weeks ago okay so you're just <laughs> yeah. kind of being blown wide open right now yeah yeah oh. yeah literally look at me yeah 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 so okay i'll tell you about what happened um so um I uh, went over to Nanaimo, Nanaimo, BC, um, on Vancouver Island, and um, I was alone. And it, the groups were pretty small. There were um, it was the it, the gathering was in front of the city hall, and then there was going to be um, a march and a rally. So I got there on time, you know, even kind of early, and and the crowd was really small. And the um, trans activists were on one side of the street. There were you know, on the city hall street side. And um, <clears throat> there were parents and actually probably mostly grandmothers on the um, sidewalk on the other side. What and was the relative numbers like? They had, um, I gotta try to remember because I didn't, I didn't count. Or just time, like, did they seem to have more or did under, you have more? It was under, a, probably under 50 actually. Like, yeah, maybe they had like, 40 people some 50 you know and and we had like 20 we, okay we were, so that's oh, wow yeah yeah it was all pretty small yeah but so so it was kind of an intimate setting setting in that way you know like <laughs> everyone was sort of aware of each other and kind of in each other's face kind of even though we were on separate sides of the street um so and not even not very many of the um the parents on the parents side not very many of them had signs like I said it was a bit disorganized and some things had been canceled and stuff like that so people were a little confused and just kind of talking to each other and getting to know each other and making connections and so I went and got my sign and there was one woman standing in the street with a sign that said let kids be kids and then I I went and I stood next to her um, and my sign says get the cult out of schools mm -hmm. Um, and there was one um, flamboyantly dressed man um, that brought a big old flag, one of their flags that they love, um, over to our side and was standing kind of near this this woman. I think the woman with the, the sign that said, like, kids be kids was was there. And then this guy was there with the big, huge flag. So, you know, they... <clears throat> This is a tactic they use all the time to try to cover our messaging with their big flags <clears throat> and their signs and stuff like that. I got a drink. Mm -hmm. We could maybe talk about that later, like what their behaviors are that we can, you know, notice when we so anyway, um so I was standing next to this woman and and I just didn't feel I felt like well oh okay I did I I was already feeling uncomfortable just at being covered up and and having this other person so close with their flag and I just I just didn't I didn't feel like putting up with it you know I was and then this other and then this other man walked over with his sign on a stick and started putting that right in my face mm. and um it's a rainbow sign that says um no place for hate i think is what it said it's like on a on a poster board and on a long stick mm -hmm. and he just comes walking right over with his sign just putting it right in my face and i just thought okay i'm just gonna go you know and i felt like fear you know like like these people are aggressive and this guy th these were two big men that were yeah. doing this right and 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 so you know i was walking down walked down the sidewalk on one side of the cars you know they were on the street side and um just kind of like stopped to try to talk to people but you know i was just feeling like uh you know <laughs> agitated so i just yeah. went down down um to the very end of the um of the uh protest I was in the, in the very front where the cars would see me first and and um just stood there with my sign I was trying to separate myself you know from these people 
Pete, do you mind if I just ask? The, 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 the two groups were separate to begin with. So it sounds like two guys came over one at a time exactly. right? and then stood close yeah. by you. And they were yeah. separate to begin with. One person came across the chap who put his flag in, in the way. And then that was followed by a slightly more aggressive man. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. The chap with the flag was there when I arrived. And as well as the other the other sign, the woman with the sign. So those two were there. And so I kind of joined that dynamic when it came and stood next to her. It's like, I'm coming to also stand next to this big flag guy, you know, and then, and then, the, and then the other guy comes over. He's like, oh, now it's time to box them in and cover them up. And that's what he's thinking. That's, you know, what they do, you know? And so he's walking over with his big sign were, on a stick. Were police there? Was anybody? At that point, I wasn't aware of any police at that point. Um, yeah, so I, so I walked away, I went down the, the hill and, and, um, to the edge of the crowd and I, I stood on my own. Right. Um, but then I turn around that guy, the guy is back again, the, the big, he's a big man, a very large man. This and is the sign guy, not the flag guy. Yeah. This, okay. the, the sign guy, the one that, that no place for hate who puts so, the, sign so in the flag face. guy, the flag guy was just standing there the whole time. He wasn't really running okay. around and doing stuff, but, but this guy with the no place for hate sign was getting busy and running around and, you know, right. harassing yeah. us, <laughs> you know? And so, um, uh, so, you know, here he is again, he's, he's coming back up to me and, um, he put his sign right in my face. And I said, oh, no, you're not doing that to me. I've seen the videos. And I grabbed the sign, get out of my face. <laughs> and in that instant, all in one instant, it, the, his fist just exploded into my face so fast. There was no, it was a trigger because everything happened so fast when I moved that sign. And also, I think the words I said, because they do not want a woman telling them no. And I think, I think that that just flipped his switch, you know, to hear me say, no, you're not doing that to me. So you, you know, shoved his sign out of your face and he and instantly he just punched you. Instantly punched me. I just felt myself flying and falling. And then I, I hit the sidewalk and I just froze. And then just it's, wait for a second, wow. you know, just like, whoa, <laughs> like, uh, you know, it, and um, he, from the looks of it, he must have hit you really hard. I think, yeah, I mean, he, he's a big guy, you know, you look, yeah, and I'm, I'm going to show the screen again, because I've got your photos that you sent me, which are really, um, I mean, this just shows the, the intensity, I, look at that swelling and, and there's your sign, get the cult out of schools. And that's you holding it post punch. Yeah, that was actually right after the punch. So, wow, you got right back yeah. up. Well, I, I, um, I was immediately interviewed by the police. Okay. They were there, and there were there were dozens of witnesses. Like this guy just just did this in full view of everyone, and um, and so like there was a car that was that was passing just when it happened, and and they witnessed the whole thing. Wow. And um, they also helped me out and, and took me to the hospital afterwards. So I got checked out. So did the um, police arrest this guy for assault they, since there were all these witnesses? They did not. I'm actually unclear on what needs to happen next because they didn't. I don't think they exactly arrested him. They apprehended him. They got his information. They put an order on him not to come near me or maybe not to go to any demonstrations. But but they didn't take him in or anything or, or, I mean, there's it, I'm planning to proceed with the process, but, but um, I just, I, I did chat with the lawyer this morning and, and now I'm confused about what I'm supposed to do next. Cause there's, I'm just going to be getting help and, and um, pressing through with this, whatever um, I, I'm, whatever I can do. I mean, this is not acceptable. No, <laughs> this is not uh, the world that any of us want to live in I mean I look at myself you know I'm looking at myself I, I'm this like gray-haired old lady <laughs> and I've got like this black eye it's like what it's not right <laughs> I'm not even saying that as a personal you know from a personal perspective but looking at this society it's like a clockwork orange clown show yeah 
Yeah, it's really shocking when a young man thinks he can hit an older woman or any woman. Yeah, or any woman, but but it's even worse, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's a very black and white, it's a very clear-cut situation. And that's part of why I need to, you know, keep following through with it. Yeah. <clears throat> did he did he just stand there after he hit you or did he run? Or like I don't know if you know because you were just adjusting to even I think that photograph, there's a photograph on the Twitter um tweet on there were two tweets one of them had a big picture of him um and his and the sign was broken at that point so i think it must have been taken afterwards and he looks very smug mm-hmm. very pleased with himself and and quite relaxed and confident mm. their flag wow. is hanging is flying above the city hall mm. i think you there's know, a, i'm th- sitting there talking yeah. to the police giving giving my giving my statement to the police and I look up and I see that flag and I'm thinking, is this police officer part of the cult too? In the cult? It's a cult. Is he, is he in the cult and, and going to have his, you know, judgment completely clouded? I kind of think not. He seems pretty straightforward. So I'm hopeful about that, but then who's the judge going to be? Does the judge have a trans? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. David, what were you? I was going to say, is this the progress flag? Just to clarify. The yeah, order. the one with the triangle, the triangle in the yeah. court. Yeah. yeah. I, I just also want to ask: is is was this was this individual uh, <laughs> identifying as you know one of these people who might identify as a different gender? Who knows? <laughs> they don't have to yeah. do anything special. I mean, they just have to say. <laughs> you have to ask him and find out. <laughs> fine. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just kind of like. But you, he's you, just wearing black. And did you, are you able to show it? Would you be able to? I don't know. Does somebody have that photo? I don't have it. I just have it's the on one the you Twitter. emailed me. I, I, I sent you the link to the, to the tweet. Oh, but okay. I... Yeah, I can take a look. One, one of the things that, I mean, <clears throat> there are so many different aspects of this that could be explored or could be discussed or, and need to be ex- discussed. Like your legal follow-up is going to be a whole chapter in and of itself. But one of the things that I think is so uh, important about this is that, you, you know, the sign that the guy's holding is about no room for hate. And this is this ideology is it's coming through the schools. This was the first thing that I thought when I was starting to be exposed to this racial ideology is prior to really having the gender thing come to my awareness, the way that it is now was the race stuff. And I thought, how, how is the goal not to make people hate each other and make people suspicious of each other because it seems so clearly that like we're we're stirring up things and we're talking about things in a way that's so intentionally inflammatory and so intentionally instills concepts of resentment and entitlement in people that how can it not result in this and they're doing it in this orwellian way where they're calling it love and anti-racism and and um like this inclusivity thing and so is this what do y'all think about that is this just kind of the uh the natural progression of that ideology i think it's i think language is being used to manipulate perception and also being used to confuse people to the extent that it becomes more and more difficult to have conversations about these issues that everybody can understand. If people are all using different definitions for words, where we've all agreed to meanings for years and years, and all of a sudden the definition of racism is changing, um, it makes it harder to understand what's happening. And, And it's just, to me, completely ludicrous, you know, no room for hate, and then he punches you. It's like, he's really missing a sense of irony there, you know, it's just the level of hypocrisy is amazing. But I think that, um, I think all these, these manipulations of language are very deliberate because people that are, you know, adherence to the far left really believe that everything is arranged in hierarchies of power and so they are trying to wrestle power away from what they see as the oppressor and they're doing it using language which is the tool that they've accused everybody else of using so now they're using it and I do think that of course like as you're saying Leslie 
if you keep um, telling people that they're being oppressed and, oh, here's the group of people that are oppressing you, it is going to lead to anger, resentment, hatred, and a sense of, um, well, these people are sort of subhuman because they're full of hate. So therefore we can treat them however. And if we aggress against them, we're not really doing anything wrong. It's a very old formula that's been used against various groups throughout history. And it's amping up in multiple domains of the world right now, right, too. So it's, it's I think we're at this cusp of like, okay, do, is there any justification for brutality, you know, in any sort of circumstances, um, regardless of your powerlessness or not? Like, I feel like that's the big conversation. Yeah, I see a dehumanizing process going on. Um, the messaging that they, to the trans activists put out around TERFs is very dehumanizing and extremely violent. I I want to uh, try to expose that now. Um, hopefully, I can find you know collections of the material. I'm sure it's out there. But um, you know, killing turfs. Um, it all, all this violent, violent imagery. Like, um, uh, shoot, I was gonna look it up, but. Um, I think it was in Scotland, there was that that um, pedophile rapist, you know, like um, prisoner that became a, tr uh, a trans identifying, you know, prisoner now, and, and then was um, put on stage at the trans pride rally. Do you know what I'm talking about? And he said, um, punch a turf on stage mm -hmm. and everyone cheered. I, I'm yeah. sorry, I was gonna look this up before our talk, but but like that that's the kind of thing. Like this, this is a brutal killer, a, a criminal, and they're cheering him, you yeah. know, and I, saying I, I punch was... a turf. And, mm -hmm. and and they've got their little, you know, no place for hate signs. I was thinking of that very thing when you were talking to you about about that scene. I can see that scene in my head because I've seen the clip. And I was just thinking how much of your attacker, how, mu how much have they seen this already? It seems yeah. very likely that that instant response, that feeling of just, oh, I can do this. That yeah, that's feels, what I think. Yeah. It's feels sanctioned almost that I can do I think I so. can get away with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't just think people are processing, like if they see something like that, they haven't seen it before. Like, do you think people are compartmentalizing in their brain and going, oh, those poor trans people? Like, I don't know what people that aren't appalled by this are doing in their head. <laughs> it is so strange. It really is a place where we see the mind control working because um, these prisoners are changing their, you know, identities and people are going along with it and treating them differently and giving them privileges and, and um, the way when people speak about the suffering of trans people, I'm like, have you really thought this through? Like, who, who are you even thinking of when you say that? Like, I, I some of the news clips that I've seen with Kelly J. Keene, where the anchors just seem appalled by her, you know, like they're just buying in a hundred percent. People are desperate to work out how they can frame things in that way. Every news story feels like it's a way it's, it's just being shoehorned into this, depressor oppressed narrative it's just it's a race to sort of decide how can we how can we fit this in as quickly as possible so that we can all get on with you know saying the right thing it's it's and that's what's happening around the world with politics and what's going on in the middle east at the moment i think a little bit it's, it's trying to be framed people are struggling to put it in that simple category because it's so complex but um yeah i found it yeah i think maybe people didn't think it was that important you know to pay attention to like the the gender, this gender madness, right? It's happening. A lot of it is happening behind closed doors and within people's families and and within the schools. So the society at large, like I wasn't aware of it. There's no one in, in my personal life except for people from my way past that that actually did transition. But um but um yeah, like I I there are people that have been out here fighting this fight for years now and I'm just finding all these old podcasts and shows from years and years that I didn't even know were I didn't even know this was going on you know so it, well, it was under my radar yeah I yeah. think that's so interesting that you're 
you're coming across this now and you're having this response to it. And I wonder how many, I mean, they call it peaking, right? Like you're, you're suddenly becoming aware of these things in a different way. And, and, um, what's that process been like for you? <laughs> well, as I described, I already had an addiction <laughs> to media, so it just substituted instantly um here i'm sharing this picture can you guys see this photo that i just put up <laughs> so i cut the guy's face out because i don't i don't know you know i don't want to put i don't know what the repercussions of putting somebody's face up is but you can see this guy with the no place for hate sign and this is the photo that you were talking about t mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you do see the full photo he does have, i i would describe the look as smug but i don't know how important that is people have their own reactions but that's uh, that's the guy that punched you in the face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this guy with the no place for hate sign looks big and strong, and he thinks it's okay ultimately to hit a woman. That's yes. just utterly disgusting. This is a dangerous person in the community, and and there's a lot of community members that are really upset that this yeah. happened on their the streets. And he of looks town. young too. He looks like a young guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I would say under 30, probably. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's not a safe person to have in your community. Thank you, Piers, for the super chat. That's super nice of you. And Piers Taylor also says journalism has always been somewhat biased, but the levels of disingenuous reporting nowadays is mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I guess, what we're talking oh. about when we're saying you you can go through the world hearing one side of a narrative and then suddenly be open to another side and go, wow, I don't even, I don't even know if I understand my cultural reality. Yeah, well, I don't know if you noticed any of the mainstream reporting after the first um, anti, or the first one that I went to in September, the march, the big march that happened across Canada, um, the leading up to the march um, and, you know, consistently the message is, these hate groups are coming out on the street. They're homophobic. They're transphobic. You know, they they couldn't say racist because it was mostly brown families. <laughs> but you know, um, and that was another weird thing too. Was all these like white um, trans activists screaming "Go home" to these ethnic families? <laughs> like, wow. oh my god. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um but but the the reporting also the the reporting was just um right off the top. It didn't seem like any of them had taken the time to read the website or understand the purpose of the march or the messages. None of that was in any of the reporting. It was it was just so cookie cutter, so <clears throat> cartoonish, you know. And then after the oh and and a couple of the Canadian, or at least at least one, I think a few of them. I know Yag Yagmeet Singh, um, one of the NDP, one of the main um, uh, politicians. I'm still getting used to how this system works here, but um, <clears throat> he he marched with the with the um, the trans side, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and um, Justin Trudeau came out with this statement saying, there is no place for hate in Canada. There is no place for this transphobia, homophobia, and biophobia. It just gives me, it makes me well, you know, it's really it's, it. it's, it's so, really, it's embarrassing. It's like, it's Argh. not, the, I think the problem just, is that that's, there's no place for nuanced discussion either i mean when they say hate what are they talking about because a lot of the people who have a problem with this gender ideology have nuanced issues with it it's not it's not yes. where you know what That's are what are the many issues that people could have it is a cult but the problem is this yeah. simplistic messaging around it and this is what and when it's being endorsed by politicians this way it's really there's something really orwellian going on yeah i think the the it being very simplistic like that is deliberate because it's a tool for shutting down dissent. If you label any disagreement or very normal parental concern about what's being taught at schools that perhaps you don't want to tell a five-year-old that the doctor just took a guess when they were born as to what sex they are. Anybody who has a concern about that, if you just label everything under the category of hate, it shuts down discussion 
debate. And it also, even for some people, just immediately sort of short circuits their ability to think about those issues because if they only read mainstream media, they see, oh, that's hateful. And they don't take those avenues in their mind to say, wait a second, is there something about this agenda that might be harmful? Might people who are opposed to it have some legitimate points? It's designed to completely shut down thought and dissent. Polarization? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, okay. and it, it justifies hate towards people who are in opposition as well. It's just right. it's not hate anymore. It's if you're intolerant of 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 so-called intolerance or something, then yeah, it, it it completely messes the whole thing up. I think it gives people go on, Deborah, you go. No, I was thinking it just takes advantage of existing polarization because you can say there are probably bits of the right that do they don't like this trans thing at all, right? They'd probably be happy to have it be gone altogether and so but they can you can take that that there's this division and then just use that polarization to like amplify your side and then get say the rest of the left not willing to even look at what's going on on the left because they're like oh those horrible right-wing people they hate trans so therefore the trans people must all be right and it again that leads to the non-nuance but if i think it wasn't so polarized right now this wouldn't be quite as i don't know, maybe it would be just as bad but it seems like it's amplified one of the really strange and confusing things is the anachronistic quality of some of the these sort of bundles of assumptions right and like i we've all been so confused like we don't have these stereotypical ideas we didn't raise our kids with stereotypical gender roles why are they talking about pink toys and wanting to become a girl like it doesn't make sense right but like i've been looking into queer theory and how th that I think a lot of that was formed in the nineties, right? Mm. Like, and doesn't it feel like they, they like, like they sort of started growing this, you know, plant like in the nineties in that environment when there was, a, there was a lot of homophobia, you know, or even in the eighties, I don't know how long these people were working on it, but it was from back then. Right. And I can remember like, you know, there, there was, there was a, a real fight for gay rights, you know, legitimate campaign and, there was real homophobia and you know it was a different kind of world right and and it's like they, they kind of started growing this this plant and then they sort of went up here into academia and then like are landing it in front of us with a big you know james and the giant peach in our way that we can't get around like it's you know what i mean like it's coming from the past yeah that's a and, really and good point about how they are the, some of the progression with we're not attitudes. still doing that the, yeah and, it doesn't make it sense right it's confusing people and that and that's one way i really <clears> know it's a cult because it's it's in its own little isolated ecosystem of ideas yeah, yeah. and and like like um when my daughter was like in junior high was when the iphones were first coming out and stuff like that and what people say about that phase is that everyday feminism was popular and i remember people talking about consent a lot and these important practical considerations for for um, women and girls, and I mean, consent is reversed at this point. It's 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 a horrific dystopia as far as consent goes, and the messages that are being given to girls and women, you know, and and that doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. Why why you know I, I went to um, you know Burning Man and and uh, saw you know the, the the posters that they put up on the door all about consent. And I'm just thinking like, yeah, they've been doing this all this time. Like these women have been working, you know, on these ideas. That's the grassroots. Those are the grassroots people. That's the real, you know, feminists and the real women rights campaigners. But but this other thing is imposed from above. And it's it's coming from another time and place, from a cultic mentality. And, and, and confusion is one of the most powerful tools for mind control. Just kind of add on that, like for people that aren't tracking this topic so much, you know, there's situations where there's women's prisons and trans identified males are saying that they're women and they're just getting put and the women are like, we don't want them. And that doesn't matter because the identity trumps everything. And so, yeah. yeah so where's consent, right? Like <laughs> we don't want yeah. these people on our team. We don't, you know, whatever. Right? We don't want them in the locker room. And like, it women. just, it went out the window. Yeah. Girls forced to I mean, I say forced, but it, it's it's that kind of social forcing where everyone's waiting for someone else to say something. But, you know, they're in locker rooms with these naked men. Right. Like 
Riley Gaines, um, one of Riley Gaines' uh, teammates has started speaking out. So I was really glad to see that. Um, Mm-hmm. And I saw an interview with her and she was saying, we just assumed that someone was going to step in and do something. Someone's mm-hmm. going to say something. Some, this isn't normal. And people are in positions of authority and, and can do something. That's one of the really strange things to me is all the people that don't stand against it. To your point you know? about the um, the acceleration of it. So that's something I think we've all talked about how suddenly we're in this vastly different place than we thought we would be. It doesn't feel like it's been a natural progression. Something has really escalated quite a bit. People who had kids in school uh, 10 years ago, like my, my kids were in high school 10 years ago, my, my older kids. And now what I'm seeing, I, I don't recognize it as a natural progression of what was happening then. Although now that I talked to my kids about it, there were elements of it that were there. They just weren't so overt. And so I guess what, I, one of the things I've been wondering is, are, have they overextended? have by going straight Soji now, that's like what sexual orientation, gender identity is a curriculum element in these Canadian schools. Like this is, this it's called that it's not even called universal uh, or, or what was it called? Comprehensive sex education. And, it, and they're sneaking this into it. It's, mm-hmm. it's overtly being called sexual orientation, gender identity as an educational component in schools. Mm-hmm. Like we're here now. Yeah. And so when you say, is somebody going to do something about this? Is this the time when everybody comes out to do something about this? And we stop this thing now. Parents are organizing and, and parents are working on it. You know, it's it's hard because they have so much challenge just getting through the um, necessities of life, you know, but um, they are coming together. Um, that video that I mentioned earlier um, from RH Media, um, the father on there said that, um, you know, they had been doing protests and and um, speaking out at school boards, reading pornographic material at school boards, and you know they shut the parents down, say that's not <laughs> appropriate, you know. Um, and so he said that that now they are fracturing it out and sending it into all the topics. So he said, for example, a math teacher would be instructed encouraged whatever to um change the wording of a word problem so that carl is going to visit his boyfriend three miles away or whatever and how long does it take or you know the math calculation changing the language to fit with this in in every in every and 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 you know that that they've been rewriting history and throwing out books from the past. Yeah. And I, I just heard a statistic that 40% of Disney's characters are now queer or something. (laughs) I don't know if that's correct, but I heard it on a podcast this weekend and I I wouldnn't be too surprised, but look it up. Well, and I think, you know, what, what you were saying to you about weaving this stuff through um, the math curriculum, for example, it's it's really a way of forcing through an agenda because parents try, some parents try to deal with this by opting their kids out of particular lessons about um, sexuality. But if it's just embedded in all of the curriculum, there's no opting out. And exactly. that's, that's just to me demonstrates a level of determination that these people have to push this ideology and basically they're they're essentially saying we own your kids and we'll determine what's right for them even if we know perfectly well that you object we don't care we know what's best and we're going to inject them with this way of thinking yeah they don't answer the the questions directly there's one um a video showing the the school board just getting up and walking out uh, on the parents and, and not allowing them any comments or questions they have complete disrespect and disregard for parents and the some of the messaging i mean i i heard um this is a new this is a new idea for me but one um 
mom that I heard interviewed was talking about the disruption of families in um, Maoist um, China and, and in mm -hmm. Korea, North Korea, you know, I've never really studied that kind of stuff. I've always been, um, I'm sort of a artist and a, you know, I was really, um, <laughs> I was an activist, but I wasn't like reading up on it, you know? I mean, I guess that's how most of them are. <laughs> but um, that it, speaks it to seems something like important. it's like, I, I just can't believe that these things that seemed abstract were are actually manifesting themselves in the world around me and affecting my life, like affecting me, you know? <laughs> uh and but 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 then there are people who aren't affected by it like i said before and and don't know this that this is all even going on mm -hmm. or think it's fringe or something like i try to explain it yeah. like, oh that's probably just happening and it's like no um it's it, much sounds more like, it sounds insane it is insane it's an insane <laughs> conspiracy theory but it's true and so it's like i don't blame people for for not seeing it unless until you get that little crack where you see in and you're like what what's in there you know and then you kind of break it open and, and get in there but you know well, what, what would your attitude about this particular issue have been prior to the july what would your attitude well, about transgender and and uh pride and all this stuff have been so um i did um Okay, so I had I had a, a, a few relationships with women in my life, and um, I am uh, in the LGB <laughs> without the T. <tea. laughs> um, but um, and, and and both of the um, long term relationships with women, they both transitioned later after I I wasn't really around I didn't really um wasn't really part of their life and then I came back and it came back into their lives and they had beards and were living as men um and it was one of the most confusing things about me at first about it was the language because I it's really important to me to to tell my story as part of my healing process. And then I was like, right away, I felt like I wasn't allowed to call them my girlfriends or, you know, I was like, what okay. am I doing with my words? In so my your head? past was taken, your your description yeah. of your own life was being taken away from you by their- Yeah, and I, and I wasn't with men yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in those relationships. Like those are very important relationships to me. You know, I mean, honestly, one of them is the best relationship I've ever been in, you know? and it. And that that woman, she she honestly, she did follow fads for sure. She she would go right in, you know, when a fad came along. So, you know, <laughs> and and the other one, you know, I, I remember her. I mean, it's weird to even know what to say, but I remember her saying saying, um, I don't even, I don't have to pretend anymore. And I'm just thinking, you never pretended. Like, mm. you were this awesome butch dyke. They were both amazing butch dykes i'm gonna start crying for the butch dykes it's so sad ah i love butch dykes like uh, maybe <clears throat> there's any out there give me a call we'll put your phone number on the screen <laughs> read the comment section later yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh it's just so sad, you know. And, and it 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 was it was confusing. It was a bit it was feeling of loss. And um and then you know um I had other people, um gender nonconforming, you know, around me, and I didn't, I didn't, I guess I wasn't thinking about it. I guess it really wasn't affecting me, you know, over the past few years because. Oh, you know what? Actually, something else just came to mind. I actually did have a couple of people in my life who were um, male to female. They were males. And um, when I was in the last abusive relationship that I was in, they were a big part of my um, husband's like circle of yes men and people that he sort of orchestrated. And um, that that was a really troubling um, presence in my life. I mean, these are just individuals, you know. And, and so you so had my... relationships with people who were 
uh, either gay, lesbian, bisexual, and then had transitioned. You had this, this was not something that you were like in some kind of straight, what, what do they call it? Cis heteronormative yeah, bubble. Just, so you I took people yeah. as individuals, okay. you know, so these friends, these people that were in my husband's life, like yeah. I accepted them just as people, you know, who they are and, and they were pretty messed up people. So that, you know, I don't have to like them just because they were trans or whatever, you know? So, you know, um, um, but, but so, so, so none of that is really positive, you know, <laughs> I'm like, and I'm, I'm feeling, a, I was feeling unsettled about it you know I, I remember um when I first got um to the city where I am I met uh someone and they were talking about local politics they were talking about the Green Party and they said um oh yeah that this uh candidate had to drop out because he said something about the trans issue hmm. and I was like hmm well yeah I've got some questions about that too you know um, and, and that was as far as the conversation went, it would be interesting to me to go back and ask myself, you know, oh, tell me more. <laughs> what are your mm -hmm. questions? Because I can't exactly remember what I was thinking at that time. But I remember I was thinking, yeah, something's not right. And, and if someone wants to talk about that, they should be able to talk about that. But this this candidate, I don't even know what they said. They were just out, you know. Um, and so that was weird, you know. Um, so so it was just I was just accumulating like noticing weird stuff mm -hmm. you know and, and then and then um <clears throat> youtube did it <laughs> and then i started learning more about what's happening locally and meeting people mm -hmm. around here and and fortunately the people that are are close to me are on the same page so you know like where i live the people that live close by and stuff like that so i'm really happy about that so it sounds like something happened between over over this period of time you were having some doubts and some questions and some places where things were a little bit uncomfortable for you but nothing to the point where you had a cohesive concept of how this was forming in society and 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 your ideas about it as opposed to the social narrative in general and that just started to happen this summer yeah no i was not thinking about society how is society being affected these were just individuals in my life mm -hmm. And, and that's as far as it really went. It was just sort of a personal thing. Um, I was totally unaware. I didn't know how, I, I mean, it does seem strange when suddenly two people, both of my, you know, ex-girlfriends are trans transitioning. Isn't that, isn't that, I mean, it did seem like a fad. It seemed like a fad mm -hmm. when that happened, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, and, and also, as I said, that one of them was pretty susceptible to that, you know? So, mm -hmm. so I think that was probably in on the shelf, you know, in the back of my mind. Yeah, it was interesting too. You're talking about sort of uh, books being banned and history being remade, and it sounds like your own personal history was almost being taken from you. You could refer to things in the way that you had before. Does that? Is, and was yeah. that the was that the first time you sort of realized that that things weren't quite right when you you could you weren't allowed to use the right words? Let me think. When would be the first time? Um, yeah, I think that is that was the first time, the first thing that bothered me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, like not knowing how to talk about myself now mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of what you have told me you want from me <laughs> a, i guess you're just a straight person then if if you just had relationships i know <laughs> i know my identity my identity <laughs> forcefully taken away from me yeah <laughs> well and again it just kind of sounds like i i i i don't know about you guys it's getting tired this trope but it's so orwellian george orwell yeah. he had it so right this it is really is. i heard that this book was banned now hole. Oh, wow. Well, you've got like the, the two minutes hate, you know, how they could, they could be super angry, be really angry at what the government tells you to be angry at. Be so angry at that. Be viciously bloodthirsty, angry at what the government tells you that you're supposed to be angry at. Yeah. And also empathy being weaponized is really disturbing. Like, um, I think it was on, um, Josh Slocum's show. They, they had a clip of Cam Camille Jayapal is that her name 
Pamela Jayapal, the senator in the U.S., crying on stage, like forcing tears, fake tears, you know, and and um, I think it was about the Palestinian situation, you know, but but the histrionics, you know, the <clears throat> the acceptance for I mean, people do talk a lot about um, how emotions seem to rule now. Mm -hmm. And um, and now I'm starting to see it at first when people would would speak that way. I was thinking about my own personal situation. Personally, my my um, history is alienation from my own emotions mm -hmm. and and going numb and and um, I wasn't respecting my own emotions or listening to my own emotions, you know. Um, so you know that I don't always relate to um, what people say about their diagnosis of you know the problems with humanity carrying only about emotions right for me it was kind of a different thing but um but i do see that now i feel like a politician should not be behaving that way we you know we need someone to uh have a steady hand at the at the wheel right. here you know i didn't see that video of pramila jayapal she's a washington state representative and i'm in washington state um, um but yeah that that is becoming more and more common and you're seeing leaders so-called leaders political leaders using emotion in order to manipulate um, and that is one of the that should be one of the first signs that you this is a rhetorical fallacy it's an appeal to emotion you're not using argument to convince people you're using emotion to guilt people or manipulate people into taking whatever action it is that you'd like which usually means overlook the facts yeah. and act on your emotion yeah but they were they would probably just call that white supremacy. Right. Well, that's the, yeah, that's right. Deborah, what were you going to say? I'm sorry, I keep interrupting people because I was like, what's this? Uh, so I apologize. Um, so I'm curious, you know, having, you're having been an activist in the past and now seeing how activism is being done on the other side on this, what's your orientation towards doing activism going forward? Is there anything you've learned from either watching how they're doing it or even reflecting on how you've done it before that's informing how you're going forward? Yeah, this is really interesting. I would love to talk a lot about this. Um, I would say that um, thinking about going forward in this dangerous situation, we need to be very strategic. We need to, I, I think, you know, like if I could have people around me that that were, were thinking in strategic terms as activists and talking together in that way, like we can help each other be safer. You know, we can have um, planned strategies for for because they have predictable behaviors we can study their videos and we can see how they behave there's certain things that they do they 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 pick at people and and poke at people and pour pour drinks on their heads and and stuff like that you know um so you know i was an environmental I mean, I don't know, maybe I still am an environmental activist. <laughs> if there was a th something to run out, a blockade to run out to, I'd probably go. But, um, uh, you know, I was with Earth First in the 90s. And um, there was really incredible organizing that went on during Redwood Summer and, and with Judy Berry. Um, I was there in 97. And, and that's actually a really great um, period to study if you want to learn about good activism, because Judy Berry was... Um, a highly um, intelligent and compassionate person who could speak to workers. Sorry, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize I was going to get so emotional talking about Judy Berry. Well, um, you know what? I, I don't want to interrupt you, T, but I I know I'm I want to be conscious of the time because it's okay. Kind of, yeah, we have this to wrap, is like but I could go all over the place I, with this. I'm but. really. I think that this is a really, that's a whole nother chapter, the whole activism yeah. thing. And I think that that would be can interesting I say one to thing explore. About it? There's yes. one, there's one tip that I can, that I would say, like, I would like if, if, if we were going to do this kind of activist organizing together, affinity groups, I know that's a bad word because like it's used on the other side, but really it just makes sense. Like a small group of people who you know well, who you trust and who can each take different jobs. If one person gets arrested, everybody knows what they're going to do. There's a person that um, is the press person, legal person, the um, 
all the jobs, you know, yeah. that's just okay. the basic. Well, I yeah. think that there's a lot to talk about there. And I don't, I mean, I think first of all, there, just take a step back. It's that to explore the whole concept of activism and what, what it's right. doing and what its value is if it, and you know, so there's, there's a lot to talk about there, but yeah, it's totally it sounds different like you now have, with the media, the way the media has changed is totally different. Yeah. You have a lot of experience in that area and a lot of thoughts informed by your experiences. And um, thank you so much for sharing with us today, for being here to talk about what you've experienced. You've been right there on, you know, uh, on the ground with this stuff where, where you're dealing with the, the fallout of this polarization in a very personal way as, and, and you're experiencing the, the physical ramifications right now of coming into contact with this. Thank you so much for sharing that. Does anybody, um, Deborah, David, or Jennifer, do y'all have any final thoughts you want to wrap on? No, just thank you T for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I, I guess one, one quick little thought, um, is also about civil, just the idea of civil disobedience, um, and, and violence. And that's something that we need to think about because normally with civil disobedience, you're depending on the fact that there's a social, um, agreement, um, not to attack each other. Um, you know, like you put your body mm -hmm. in the way and that's your weapon is, is the other person's compassion and agreement to not attack you. So we're not gonna be able to do that if they actually are just attacking us all the time for no reason. So that's, that's something to consider. Um, when we, we talk, let's talk about it sometime. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so much. And thank you to everyone who joined us in the live uh, chat and we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks again, T. Bye. Thanks. All right, and stop recording.